Hello, everyone, and welcome to Field Tripping. As mentioned in some of our previous podcasts, we're mixing things up a little this season, and today is one of those mix-ups. I would like to welcome April Pride to the podcast. April is the host of The High Guide, a show about women changing their lives with cannabis and psychedelics. It's a series dedicated to help make sense of the psychedelic experience and the significance of integration. Each episode features a psychedelic facilitator, a high guide, who works with women starting from intake all the way through post-trip integration. Cumulatively, the 10-episode series will focus on three sister trippers who are using psilocybin along with guidance from psychedelic integration therapists. In this first episode that will play right after our chat with April, she interviews a psychedelic facilitator named Natasha who offers tons of advice and insight on a few ideas that I really love. So, April, thank you for joining us. Welcome to Field Tripping. Congratulations on the high guide, and it's nice to see you. Nice to see you too, Ronan. Thank you so much for having me. It's really my pleasure. Um, so my first question is, tell us about how you got started with High Guide, uh, where the inspiration came from and, and, and how it's evolving so far. So the High Guide was actually um, part of the first podcast that I started in the cannabis space called How to Do the Pot. And our weekly newsletter was called The High Guide. So I had invited after I'd exited my first company in cannabis, I asked a friend from college to, from university to join me and create this podcast called How to Do the Pot. And so when it got to a point where I felt like the content, we'd run out of content. I'd have been talking about how to talk to women about cannabis for five years and there was no new research. And so I really wanted to start exploring other ways that women were using being in an altered state to change their lives, right? And I felt like there was still a lot of shame about talking about THC in the cannabis space. And so I just really wanted to go for it <laughs> and said, we should create a show called The High Guide. We should bring this newsletter to life and start making it okay for people to choose whatever they need to, especially now, you know, we're in, we were at that point a year into the, the pandemic and people were really they needed something, right? If they hadn't already found it and then they just needed to know it was okay to choose it. Yeah, so then I full-time became the high guide and started producing it. And Ellen still works with How to Do the Pot. And yeah, I'm really focused on women who, who are okay with the high part. I went to architecture school and have my master's from Parsons School of Design. I like to design products, um, really good looking products. And a friend of mine, through um, a fashion company that I had launched here in Seattle, was the executive assistant to Brendan Kennedy, um, who was the CEO of Privateer. And she just said, you know, no one's really creating good looking brands or products for the cannabis space, and you should do that. And at that time, I didn't even have my own stash, right? If someone had weed, I would smoke it, but I'm not, you know, I definitely smoke a lot more now than I once did, but I got it because I had gone out with my with my co-parent at that time and 
<laughs> I picked up his bowl and it had Lynch carved in one side and Marshawn Lynch's number, I think, which I think is 13 on the other. And it just didn't match the shoes and the handbag and the whole thing. So it's like, you know, there could be a better way to do this. And so we were at a restaurant here in Seattle and I know the founder and he asked what we were so intensely talking about. And it was high-end products for cannabis. And so he said, you'd give me the seed money to do it. So I did it. And about six weeks in, yeah, my husband at the time, my co-parent said, (laughs) he was like, you know, April, I know you think you're speaking to everybody when you send out your newsletters, but you're really not talking to me. You have to just like, you're really talking to women. I can just tell that's who you know, and that's what you feel comfortable about. So why wouldn't you just do that? I said, but 50% of the sales go to men, right? I'm looking at where I'm shipping, who I'm shipping to or, and, but he had a point because by that, you know, we, we talked about it for about six more weeks. So after three months, I started, I started to understand the plant. I started to hear women's stories. Women were telling me how this plant was changing their life. And again, I didn't have a stash the year before, right? So I was looking forward to that. That sounded exciting if I could, you know, I can't wait for this plant to change my life. And it did, right? So you hear enough of those stories and you realize that there's also the stories of so much shame. No one knows their story. Their own mother doesn't know their story. Their sister doesn't know, you know, no one knows they smoke pot or they consume it in any way. And what they're not telling is the story of how it has helped it has helped them manage their pain with from endometriosis. It has helped them connect better with their partner. It has helped them understand themselves better. Like there's just a lot that I felt in my early forties, or I was right around 40 when I launched Vanderpop that I was watching women really struggle with various, you know, decisions that they had made or just a life of pain. And, and, you know, whether that's emotional pain or physical pain and cannabis to me seemed like, you know, it could help in a lot of ways that I thought women didn't need to suffer. And if, you know, if they had to suffer or own this, the fact that they're using pot, then I just felt like it was, it was a lot of potential wasted. Yeah. And so how many other women like that are there? So yeah, talking to women specifically, I think is really important. I'm curious, two questions. One is, when you're now co-parent identified that the way you were speaking about this was really speaking to women. Um, have you kind of pulled out and looked at how to speak to women is different than how to speak to men? Cause I'm actually very curious about that. Uh, and then secondly, how is speaking to women about psychedelics different than speaking about cannabis? Is, is there a difference? think that the difference in speaking with women is women really do their research and they want to hear that it worked for more than one person. You got to give them a really good reason for them to stop doing what they're doing. That's kind of working, but it's working to try this thing that is, you know, kind of a pain in the ass in a lot of ways and scary because they did it wrong once in college. And why would they choose to do that again? So you have to really convince them. Oh, and then, you know, they're the mom that does weed. Yeah. There's a long list of ways that you have to um, speak to a woman specifically because, because you, I understand where she's coming from, right? I can understand what she's up against. I think, 
just being out there as the weed mom, I guess, makes it interesting for me because people tell me, you know, how they're using it and um, how grateful they are. And so I kind of know everyone that's into it, I guess that's good for me, but they're not talking to a lot of people about it. Right. Again. So it's just, um, you have to earn their trust and that doesn't just come because you smoke weed too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. And is there a difference between how you speak about psychedelics and, and cannabis, or is it the same kind of thematic, um, just obviously very different experiences? Well, I mean, I honestly, as I, as I started Vanderpop, it was about, listen, we're going to design some cool shit and have a lot of fun, right? That's where this started. Where it's ended is, you know, me investing in the first, uh, California's first social equity license holder, right? And becoming an equal partner in her enterprise out of Oakland, where, and investing, you know, a significant amount of money from my exit into other women's businesses and advising them on, you know, as part of that, working with them hand in hand. And in psychedelics, yes, have I, have I used actually in this podcast episode that um, is going to play, I very clearly say I am not an expert in psychedelics. I have worked with a shaman. I have worked with an indigenous shaman. I have worked with a psychedelic therapist. I have worked with a psychedelic facilitator and I'm, I'm not an expert. That's why we've asked Natasha to join as the high guide, right? I'm curious about altered states of consciousness. And I also, you know, I've done a lot of the, like, I've never done ketamine, for instance, but LSD and MDMA or ecstasy, as it was called when I started doing it, you know, in the late nineties, it's like, yeah, I became the person I am because of those things. And I didn't even have a facilitator. I hope my children know that from day one, they can do this in a way that is so intentional and so thoughtful because it changed my life. I don't know like how I can't own that, but it wasn't done in the way that we're all talking about it now. And I wish that I had had that opportunity 20 years ago. So I'm just bringing people as I did with cannabis along for the ride as I'm learning and, you know, connecting with people who I think are women in particular, who I think are open to sharing their story. Like this upcoming season is, is women really opening up about how they hope psychedelics can help move them forward, right? We're not looking for change. We're not looking for an outcome. It's just trying to make sense of things and, you know, for them to be open enough to share that journey with other women, I think is going to be hugely transformative. And I think that's one of the most powerful things uh, about what you're doing with the high guide is, is bringing that open-mindedness and, and curiosity to the conversation. And that's not specific to, to men or women. You know, I think what makes it such persuasive content is that you're not coming from an advocacy position, which is people who get into psychedelics very quickly become forceful advocates, whereas bringing the level of curiosity and openness you do through the high guide, I think is going to make it approachable, at least start the conversation on an approachable level, as opposed to feel people feeling on some level, strong armed into it. So, um, to all the field trip audience out there who is about to listen to this episode of the high guide, 
I would love your feedback uh, on it because we're always learning on how to make field tripping a better podcast. And I'm sure April would love uh, to, to hear your feedback on it as well. Uh, I hope you find it super engaging and interesting and informative uh, and give it a listen. And we'll look forward to your feedback. Facilitators are not fixers. Everyone's always looking for somebody to solve their problems. What makes this modality so incredible is that it unlocks our own inner healer, the wisdom within ourselves that knows what needs to happen. Hey, I'm April Pride, your host on the High Guide podcast. This is the show for women who have an open and curious mind. And this is a show all about women changing their lives with cannabis and psychedelics. Have you ever struggled to make sense of a psychedelic experience? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with on this week's show and on every weekly episode this season, where you'll learn the significance of integration in psychedelic therapy. And by psychedelic therapy, for the purposes of this season, I mean taking a journey on psilocybin mushrooms specifically. On this season of The High Guide, you'll meet three women who we call sister trippers. They're not actually related, but they do actually trip. Each take their own solo journeys on the magical mushrooms. And work with a psychedelic facilitator to set an intention prior to the psychedelic experience and integrate following their trip. Don't worry, we're going to cover a lot, but we'll slow roll it out over 10 episodes. We start every episode with our word of the week and end every episode with trip tips. Please continue listening after I sign off because we'll close out each episode this season with a 10-minute excerpt from the High Guide Psyched Audio series from last season. Produced in partnership with Patchworks, these exclusive soundscapes are 30 to 60 minutes of guided psychedelic audio journeys. The sounds throughout this episode you're about to hear are sampled from the High Guide's journey number two, episode 26 of this podcast. The first word of the week, psychedelic integration therapy. A therapist or coach who holds space for a psychonaut or sister tripper to unpack psychedelic experiences so as to move toward inner healing and self-love. Applying these insights and guidance gained during a non-ordinary state of consciousness into our daily life. Now I feel like this is the appropriate time to disclose that while I have experience with psychedelics and the like, those experiences have been, as I read in the latest Double Blind magazine, what one might refer to as meaningless, meaning without meaning or intention. And the practice of this is referred to as meaninglessness. I <laughs> loved it. And definitely not with a facilitator. And integration happened over Bloody Mary's sometime after 12 noon. I have worked with various healers, including an indigenous shaman, a psychedelic coach, and a psychedelic therapist. But I've never consumed MDMA or LSD or DMT with a facilitator of any kind. Ketamine, I've never consumed at all. So although I've been helping women navigate legal cannabis since 2015, I am by no means an expert in psychedelics, and I'm not a trained facilitator. I'm a podcast host whose curiosity for non-ordinary states of consciousness will not let you down. Neither will the high guide I've asked to join us this season. 
She refers to herself as a facilitator, which is synonymous with a coach, and she's not a therapist, nor is she a shaman. I'm definitely not a shaman. Um, Just want to be very clear about that, though I respect Indigenous traditions. I'm just not a person of that community, so I don't use that language. Um, Really, for me, the best way of looking at it is that I'm a facilitator, right? I hold space and help people so that they can unlock that healer in themselves, because ultimately that's where all the answers lie. So in my role, it's really about making people comfortable, keeping them safe, and being that person that can be present with them in the moment of whatever may come up, right? There's a full range of feelings and emotions that can come up in these experiences and really just providing that safe present space for that person to go in as deeply as they need to in order to get the healing that their soul is craving. The woman you just heard from is Natasha Lannard. The purpose of this first episode is to introduce you to language related to psychedelic integration and introduce you to Natasha our high guide on this season's show. All right, so I guess I'll introduce myself. My name is Natasha Lannard. I met Natasha in 2018 at the big cannabis conference MJ Biz in Las Vegas. On my final night at the final after party, Natasha, who, like me, was a woman working in weed, and she continues to work for the best edibles brand, not available on the West Coast, 1906. Natasha opens up about her relationship with psychedelic therapy. I was originally introduced to this as a means of recovering from a significant amount of trauma that I experienced beginning at a really young age that went on for the majority of my life. So I found in my experience that really nothing has worked for me like this work. And so I've dedicated the last three years to not only becoming a certified breathwork facilitator, I host um, and co-facilitate a myriad of different psychedelic experiences and am overall, in general, an advocate for this work because it works. And that's what more and more women are finding. It works. What do you mean by works? I don't mean you're fixed. When your ability to love, trust, and heal yourself intensifies, you'll know it's working. And this all starts with, as Natasha explains, cultivating the witness. I spend a lot of time in contemplation with and just witnessing cultivating the witness in yourself. Can you give yourself that awareness of just witnessing, not Mm -hmm. judging, not attaching, just full witnessing can be very, very rewarding and incredibly powerful, at least, you know, in my personal experiences and the experiences that I've seen with other people too. Like in episode 29 of this podcast, when we saw through Natasha's integration of Colton Winger, when she was able to connect Russian dolls that appeared in two back-to-back psychedelic experiences with Colton's desire for wholeness. Have you ever kind of explored more the fact that those dolls, those dolls that you're seeing, are versions of yourself? And we stack them together because the soul is yearning for wholeness. But in order to be whole, we have to acknowledge all of these different parts of ourselves. That's, I I mean, thank you so much for offering a different perspective on that, because I'm struggling with this sort of like self-identity crisis. Like, who am I? Like, I'm in this body at this point of time in life, or, you know, in, in the, what we call, you know, time of life. And just by you saying that, gives me so much 
peace in being compassionate with myself, knowing that we are multifaceted, complex humans. We don't need to figure out what our one version of ourself is. We have different components, different compartments. And the whole concept of like the, the stacking of the Russian dolls coming, yearning to like come back home um, feels very true for me right now. You can see how Natasha's role as a facilitator in this moment with Colton was to lead him to a place where he could reflect on the Russian dolls as a symbol of where his soul wanted to go, toward wholeness, and not a sign that he's separate and broken. When the emotion that comes with a crisis of self, as Colton explained, he's experiencing, is removed and he simply witnessed what was coming up during the journey, he was able to zero in on a path toward healing rather than choose to see it as a signifier of his deficits. Self-love inspires our inner healer, which helps us live our true soul's story. This is what it means to step into your truth, and it may mean you got to step into some shit, but don't worry, there'll be shrooms under those patties to help it all make sense. Let's continue getting to know our high guide, Natasha. I'm a person that is committed to being the best version of myself every day. That's who I am. I'm also a person who lost their mom to a brain tumor when they were six years old and had a dad and a lot of family members that had extreme drug and alcohol addiction. That's my story. That's not who I am. Natasha Lannard is not the story of her mom dying of a brain tumor. My soul is not my story. These things happened for sure, but that's not who I am. And if you ever want to really get through anything in your life, you need to come home to your core essence. And yes, all of the stories are, are relevant and they shaped you. But if you allow your story to be who you are, how do you change what happened? You can't. You don't have an option to make a new choice. Agency is what gives you a choice. We all should have a very strong sense of agency. Instead of things happening, you know, just happening and we roll over as a human being or whatever, like we should have the agency, especially when it comes to this type of experience. I want to look at my life in a different way. I want to change my perspective. I want to be a better version of myself. I think we can begin to see that choosing to be the best version of yourself starts with how you choose to talk to yourself or choose to show compassion for yourself. Taking agency over the hand we've been dealt means that we also get to write the story of how significant a role the bad or inconvenient get to play in defining who we are. I mean, I have three autoimmune conditions, and my story is not somebody who is so sick they can't get out of bed. I have to take care of myself. I'm a person who needs to have extra care for themselves and needs to prioritize healthy food, rest, and exercise. I'm not a person who suffers from three autoimmune diseases every day. That's not my story. I am not suffering. I am living a life that's focused on health and prioritizing my wellness. Do you see kind of the difference in that? Totally. <laughs> Natasha flipped the script. I say this to myself probably more than any line ever, and it's, you become what you think about all day long. And just like sit with that, right? Like you become what you think about all day long. If all day long I'm thinking about all of these horrible, painful, soul-destroying things that happen to me, 
that's who I become. And I didn't want that. I did not want that. And frankly, I didn't think my mom who passed away when I was a child wanted that for me. That didn't feel right either. And so, yeah, I decided to become something that like I, I've decided to change the way I thought so that my life would change. And it did. New story. And by decided, what I think Natasha means is she decided to do the work. Most experts agree that the work in psychedelic therapy is integration. The purpose of integration is kind of like multifaceted, right? It's opportunity to make meaning of the experience, right? Like sometimes it can be very easy to get caught up in the phenomenon of what happened and then find yourself on the other side of it and be like, well, what did it mean? Um, and then kind of, I would say the, the secondary aspect of integration is like what to do with the information, if there is anything to do. Oh, there's always something to do, right? And the time is always now. We have very little time on this earth. I mean, my mom, you know, died six days after she turned 36. I'm 36 right now. I have been largely informed by what am I doing with the life that I have? What is my passion in life? And how am I using the life force energy that I have that is animating my body right now to create a life that I feel great about? A life that I feel great about? Think on that. Are you living a life that you feel great about? Based on what we've heard today, a life you feel great about has everything to do with you, the real you, deep inside there. Before people tried to sell you stuff, before people told you what was and was not, you know, how to think or whatever conditioning it is, but like at the core, like, who are you remembering who you are at that soul level? And these, you know, experiences are such an amazing opportunity to serve as a reminder at beneath all of all of the stuff that might be a little bit more, you know, surface level and still very important. Don't get me wrong. But at that at that core, right, like we're not our titles, we're not our jobs, we're not what we have accumulated in our life, like at the deep, deepest level. And that presence is really that's the jumping board for for diving into that. I bet you're ready to dive into a few trip tips to close out this episode. Today's trip tips were inspired by Facebook messages shared by Entheo Nation, which I'll link to in the show notes. These three insights from coaches will help you make the most of integrating your psychedelic experiences. Trip tips to being a good psychonaut. <laughs> Number one. Coaches list this as one of the most challenging situations they face, and that is dealing with people who avoid facing and feeling challenging and uncomfortable material from within their own unconscious. They are instead projecting onto the practitioners, accusing them of not having adequate training or experience. To sum it up, part of being a good psychonaut is owning your shit. Number two, a coach says that the biggest challenges she sees in training participants are the limiting beliefs that block them, most rooted in the areas they are not yet loving themselves. The heart of all challenges is us, our beliefs in ourself or lack thereof, and the amount of love and compassion we give ourselves or don't. And lastly, number three, before initiating psychedelic therapy, ask yourself, Am I open to learning the skills to cooperate with other humans and cooperate with my true self? 
Thank you for listening to this episode of The High Guide. I'm your host, April Pride. Please tune in next week when we meet our three sister trippers as they prepare for their psychedelic journey. Please check out our website, thehigh.guide, for more information on The High Guide and for this episode's show notes. And remember to rate, please, and review, please, the show on Apple Podcasts or heart us on Spotify. Just please give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really does help more people find the show. See you next week here on The High Guide. I leave you with a 10-minute sample from The High Guide's Psyched Audio series. You're listening to the Psychedelic Audio Journey Number 2, featured in Episode 26 and produced in partnership with Patchworks.